0: episode 120. <laughs> Sorry, Steve's passing notes, and I read the note as I was about to say that. Steve wrote a note, and it says Agent Nicole on it, so I, I was about to say I just picked it off it. the floor. Uh, yes. It's treasure. It is treasure. But it treasure. says, but all I saw was Agent Nicole, and I, I Hi, Agent Nicole. Screwed up my intro. I am Patsy the Angry Nerd, who fucks up intros. That's uh, my special superpower. Uh, I am here live in Castle Wolfenstein. You're not listening to this live, but I am technically alive while I record it. And uh, I am joined, of course, uh, as the, the, uh, the goddess of Ashtoberfest, the mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of Transylvania, which is very appropriate for this episode, and the Michael Phelps of wine. Ladies and gentlemen, Ashes Von Nightmare.
1: Hi, my name is Ashes. What's yours?
0: I like wine. <laughs> We are, of course, also joined by the hardest working man in podcasting, the man with the velvet voice. He is as handsome as uh, his voice would indicate, ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Wolfenstein.
2: Uh, This is technically live. It's live to tape. Yeah, I mean... So what you're hearing is a snapshot. Hit record, do the episode, and then turn it off. Yeah, we so. don't
0: we don't edit. I know there's uh, some of our, our friends edit their shows to get rid of the stuff where they sound like idiots. Or if they fuck up the intro. Yeah, they fuck up the intro, <laughs> they do it. Nope, not here. This no, is
1: f- no no shame in our podcasting podcast. When we fuck up and we're idiots, we you own get to it. hear it. Oh
0: so you know you 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 hear us at our rawest, like this is straight one hundred percent emotion. So
1: overtired, slightly drunk, little bit ready hungry. To go.
0: Uh, we are joined, as you could you could hear, uh, our good friend Steve Van Sampson is here with us uh, it, it's true. again from last week.
2: Uh, you, d- you didn't think of a better intro over the course of last week? I did not. Thank you very wow. much, Wolfie, for bringing
3: that up. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know I knew he would forget, but I appreciate that not everybody did.
0: He's the stevest... All right.
3: Wow. All right. This is episode number six for me. If there's going to be an episode number seven, you, you could have said that he broke the record. The currency that That's... I'm going to need to be paid in is a cool patsy intro. He's
0: very sweet. We call him Stevia. What? He is a sugar substitute.
3: <laughs> I don't know.
2: Leave me alone. Let's all leave, guys. Let's leave <laughs> him alone. Oh my God. <laughs> and
0: we are also uh, joined by Mr. Monsters Are Good himself, wow. Sam. First, hello. Hi Sam, Just, thanks for uh, sticking around <laughs> with us for a
3: week.
2: Just to drive it home even further, Steve. So you know,
0: at least
3: at least you could say <laughs> author of the Bone Eater King and Marrow Dust, True. author Steve. You know, I mean, I mean,
2: right? He we, wants yeah, to, we'll you toot his horn. Back. We're toot going, his horn.
0: Well, you know, off air.
2: <laughs> i could keep i could keep it running if you want we could keep record that i mean i mean you know boost our
0: raids, we, don't edit. we do have we the have ability to, to, to
2: video too we oh, have video that's true
0: so we are also joined by a very special guest this is her first time uh she is from the great white north the land of universal health care and bagged milk uh <laughs> 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 ladies and gentlemen Maria Beth of Outright Geekery. How are you doing, Maria?
4: I'm doing awesome. I just want to point out that I got a better intro than Steve right off the hop. Yes, you know.
3: First episode. It's because it's she's cute, right? That's what it is. I'm not
0: cute enough. That's right. Nice. You, where's your picture I, of the Wonder Woman corset? I, I don't have one. <laughs> well, maybe if you did, you'd get a better intro. Wonderful. I know this exactly. now. exactly. So... We are, this week, discussing the, the King of Vampires. I don't know if he's, that's his actual title, but the, the one, it's almost like a generic term.
5: The most famous
0: yeah. vampire. Uh, if you ask Michael Ravenshadow, uh, all vampires are Draculas. I'm not going to ask him anything. No.
1: <laughs> Smart.
0: You, that's, that's a good plan. Unless it's comic book related, then he's the guy you want to talk to. Um, you know, yes, Ashes, uh,
3: I'm surprised you agreed to do this episode because, uh, you know, Dracula, he doesn't drink
0: wine. More for me. Yeah. But enough. he <laughs> provides you with a bottle of aged wine. But we're it's getting ahead of old. ourselves. Because the first thing we need to do is we need to get to know Maria a little more. And we have a couple of questions for her. Um, so, Maria, are you, are you ready to shed some light Into the the darkness and, you know, let people know a little bit more about you.
4: Uh, For anybody who hasn't seen my Facebook wall, it's all out there.
0: All right. So
4: (laughs) there's nothing dark.
0: Well, that's that's fine. But uh, I think we got a couple of questions that maybe uh, not everybody is aware of. So I'm hoping that uh, these are some unique questions for you. So are you ready for your questions? All right. Let's do this. All right. It's a, it's a, you have a day off. You're trying to relax, unwind. What is your beverage of choice?
4: Uh, that would be whiskey. Oh. Any
0: specific, uh, brand?
4: Up until, uh, up until last year, I would have said, you know, like I, I, I like to mix it up some, but, and you know, uh, I'm not a successful writer yet So cheap is good But not too cheap We don't want it to burn Uh, But Sour Mash Has just We finally started getting it up here And I'm in love
1: Yes That is good stuff It
0: is good stuff
4: It's so solid
0: Now you are uh, Big into comics So my question is What comic story Would you most like to see Adapted into a film?
4: Oh, that's brutal, because that's assuming that somebody's not going to fuck it up. Um,
0: if it could be done perfectly, cast perfectly, everything, like what would
4: you most want to see? The one that I'm writing. Okay. <laughs> no, um, in terms of uh, ones that are already out there, I mean, I really did want to see uh, a Venom film. I'm kind of nervous about that. Uh, it It was one that I was hoping would come to light, but I don't think that they're going to do it the way that i or that they've done it the way that I'd like to. I'm going to have to reserve judgment on that one. But that was actually, uh, he was one of my favorite characters. Spider-Man was my first comic book love.
0: Yeah, that's i uh, am yeah, I'm, so. I'm i uh, I'm a big Venom fan myself, so I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes. Uh, and your last question, this is also sort of uh comic related. Uh, Do you prefer Joss Whedon or Zack Snyder-directed superhero films?
4: Hmm. Uh, I'm a Whedon fan. That's fair. Just just, uh, long-term since, like, Angel days, so...
0: I am not a Whedon fan, but no, that's fine. (laughs) That's fine, he says tensely. No, no, no. I mean, if that's what you like, that's what you like. There's nothing wrong with that.
5: He just really likes it when things go really slow and then speed up.
0: I just <laughs> I, I just don't like Joss Whedon.
4: See, it's just, it's got to be, it depends on what's being, that's the other part. Like, if we're talking more whimsical, Whedon. If we're talking space, Whedon. If we're talking something with more action, then I'm going to go Snyder. Like, it's... It, he does, that does play a role, too, I Whedon, guess.
3: Whedon does characters pretty well. Like, just, you know.
4: The development.
3: Pretty much all the time, I think.
4: Yeah, I'll give him
0: that. I just don't, just like, don't like him. You just don't like I just don't like the way he complains about everything that he does after he does it. Oh, I hated the Avengers. You want to do Avengers 2? Yeah, sure, I'll do Avengers 2.
4: See, that is why I don't read a lot of... Uh, I try and just read straight-up news. I know it's ironic, but... No,
0: no, that's fine. I mean, your news is far less depressing than the news that we have to deal with (laughs) on a daily basis. I'll give Uh, you that. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) America. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Like Samantha Bee put it the other day, the, the Congress is trying to determine exactly how many sexual assault allegations is too many to be on the Supreme Court. Oh, Christ. All right, we're going to depress ourselves if we go down this road. So we're not going to go down this road anymore.
4: Are are we sure? Because I feel like we could really explore this. Like, what's the number? Does it have to be double digits?
0: Uh, The number is one, to be honest. As as far as I'm concerned, the number is one. That's too many. Uh, Yeah. Like she said, uh, sexual assault allegations are like rat tails. One is too many, and they never look good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... Uh, I think what we're going to do is we'll uh we don't have a whole lot of stuff. Now you said you uh you have a a, a comic that you're working on. Is this something that is uh in the works being published? Uh what do you got? You got you got some stuff going on out there. Tell us a little bit about your uh outright geekery uh endeavors.
4: Uh well, outright geekery, uh I'm CAO there, which basically means I just do whatever Ooh. Uh, whatever Ryan does not want to do um, or whatever, whatever skills I pick up. Uh, I write, I do publicity. Um, I coordinate exclusives or I um, I'll do con applications when our uh, con applications guy is out. Cause sometimes people are busy. Uh, it's aside from the free comics, a mostly thankless job. <laughs> free comics are awesome. Yes. Um, And so, uh, but what I was finding is I was kind of running short on time and I had a few stories that were like really just bugging me to get out of me. So I have taken, it's between a month and two off from coordinating all of those fun things. I'm still kind of backup, backup wingman for Ryan. Uh, should he need me, but I'm just writing. And I've got one children's book that uh, I'm actually meeting with an artist next week um, to go over sort of the outline and decide our structure uh, for his work on that. And that's already written and already has an editor. And it's the first in a series. So that one is going to That one's going to be basically the pitch for the entire series to a publisher, and if I don't, uh, to a few publishers, and if I don't, if we don't, I should say, uh, like what the offers are, then it will be Kickstarter. Woo! And then I have a PTSD based horror uh, comic series underway, and it's got one issue done, and I am just a perfectionist, so I've been going through all of the different artists, uh, trying to find somebody who's exactly right for it.
0: So it sounds like you, you keep busy. Never. Yeah. So A <laughs> little had, bit. You haven't had too many times to just relax and drink your sour mash.
4: How do you think I write?
0: Oh, that's true. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to uh, – we'll take a quick break. Uh, now that we've gotten you know a little bit about you and folks uh, know a little bit about who you are and uh, where I know you from, uh, aside from just the internet in general. And uh, we're going to talk some vampires. We're going to talk Dracula, because there's a lot of history that goes with Dracula, and there's been a lot of incarnations of Dracula. A lot of actors have played him. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff that branched off From the vampire mythology, so we have a very rich topic. So, yeah, I think we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk some goddamn vampires. All right, all right, so we'll be right back.
4: Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) taxes and trick or treat radio every friday morning this is one of the most convoluted movies i've ever seen in my life i'm fucking trying man Hey, hi hi oh yeah hey 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 oh yeah it's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. It's
3: me, Giovanni Lombardo Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand yeah.
2: someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she yeah. a great big fan person?
6: You just hit the jackpot. This is
3: a weird movie, huh? <laughs> it had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great
2: acting. Yeah. I'm gonna drag- you with my jockey I don't like mobster movies. Alright, well here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. Box, right? The Box and the Monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Trick-or-Treat Radio.com. there, that
3: Hi, my name is Kurando Mitstake, director of Gun, Woman, and Karate Kill. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday podcast.
2: Good evening, future passengers. Are you ready to sit back, relax, and join us on a ride of epic proportions through the mystical land of randomness? Am I a serial killer if I eat Lucky Charms?
3: What would it be like if horror characters ran a gym? Who would run spin class?
2: When a shark jumps out of the water,
6: is it like suffocating for that split second?
2: So join us every week for a brand new derailment with Goobs, Ripkin, and Jenny Bean. <laughs>
0: You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Derailers.
2: And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. Have a great night or day, folks.
0: And we're back. So today we are discussing not the king of vampires, but the most well-known vampire, most famous, uh, mainly because you know it's really the first named vampire. First, I'm I'm not articulating myself as well. He's definitely Sam's, the most gi- famous. Sam's sure. definitely giving me a look here. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, if you want to get down right into the history, I mean, the, well, first, we do, the first story was uh, Varney the Vampire, which was a huge inspiration for Bram Stoker. Um, it was a Penny Dreadful novel. And it is...
3: that's That's basically all I know about it, but... Uh, I've seen the cover of it, too, which was referenced in a story I have actually coming out in uh, in an anthology in February, actually. I, I did some research into Penny Dreadfuls, and um, Varney the Vampire, yeah, I referenced it. It's pretty cool. I never heard anybody else uh, Oh yeah, mention it. They, like, they, huh.
5: they actually used hey, it in the first episode of Penny Dreadful. They actually like, oh, they they had made, a Varney. They made like a prop version of, mm-hmm. the, of the original one. Nice. Um, which I immediately noticed, but I don't think anybody else really did.
0: I I didn't clearly.
3: Yeah, I, I don't remember. Really <laughs> well, that's that, see again. This is
0: what we were talking about. You know, you guys are much more knowledgeable than we are. Um, that's because we're wicked schmatt. I'm not debating that. We're wicked smart. I think uh, what we'll do though is we'll we'll kind of before we like just get locked on this rabbit hole of 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 conversation. No. Yeah. <laughs> we'll. Uh, We'll do the same thing we did last week. Let's go around and talk about you know when was your first like the 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 time that you remember being exposed to a a Dracula film or movie. So Maria, we're going to start with you since uh, you're the the new guest this week. What was your first experience to Dracula? Your first because uh, we we mentioned last week that some of the uh, because the source material has been around so long you're just inundated with it on Halloween. You know, there's always Frankensteins and mummies and and things like that. Um, But when's the first time you were really like sat down and saw like an origin story type, type deal or a movie with him in it.
4: So origin or anything branching off of him.
0: Yeah. Like your your first, your first real experience. remember like, okay, that's what this thing is that I've been seeing for my entire life. Do you remember your first
3: time with
4: Dracula? (laughs) (laughs) I remember being exposed to draft. (laughs) Uh,
3: The first um, time he penetrated your thoughts.
4: (laughs) Okay, so the first um, my first experience so right off the hop my mom screwed me up like so young. I was so exposed to horror um, well before like, my sister's third birthday cake was, like, a Freddy Krueger cake. So you have to understand that, like, where kids watch cartoons, I got, like, horror inundated. So the first time that I actually saw anything was actually the book. And it was on my mom's bookshelf. And I was only, eight. I had high reading comprehension, so I read a lot of novels. Um, so the book was actually the first that I saw. And then the movie Fright Night was the second vampire, uh, vampiric lore uh, film that I saw, and then Dracula. So, I have a lot of memories <laughs> around yeah. vampires.
0: So you had a, a rich tapestry, you know, of 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 the vampire lore.
4: Yes, a lot of it. Right, Steve, how about you?
3: Um, I love you. Mentioned uh, Fright Night. Fright Night is what I was thinking. Um, that's definitely a really early vampire movie for me that I recall. I felt like I probably shouldn't watch. I I, I felt like I had to uh, like my parents were not your parents. They were not that cool. Like I definitely had to convince them over a period of time. I remember like the, the supermarket had movies to rent. And I remember seeing the cover of Fright Night. And that poster is still one of my favorite posters of all time. And it just absolutely like transfixed me. And I just every single time I'd go out of my way to look at that poster when we went to the movie and when we went to the supermarket. And, uh, yeah, it, it, so that was definitely a really early one. And the Monster Squad as well. Um, the, the first shot of the Monster Squad when, you know, the the, the Dracula character, um, he's a, he starts out as a bat and he transforms. And I, I remember thinking it was so amazing the transformation but really there's there's not much to it it's 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 like a hand and then the 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 webbing of the wing kind of starts to shrink a little bit and then they just switch to a a shot of him fully cloaked but in in my little kid brain i was like amazed by the transformation of of dracula from this bat form i thought it was so cool and uh and stuff it was it was not until much much later that i saw the uh 1931 ton browning movie um but obviously, Coppola, that happened. What was that, 92? 91, 92, something like that? Yeah, around there. Which was v- much sexier than I was anticipating. Very sexy, that one.
0: Mm hmm. Sam? Uh,
5: much like with Frankenstein, it was probably Monster Squad, most likely. It was like my first full exposure to Dracula. But uh, again,. Also, Abbott and Costello made Frankenstein. But beyond that, I mean, I feel like my understanding of the monsters was uh, sort of preempted by a book that my mother had. Um, it was always on the bookshelf in our living room, and it's the Pictorial History of Horror Movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. It's like a 1970s uh, British-published um Uh, just a hardcover book, and it's just all pictures of horror movies from the 19, well, 1910s on uh, to what was modern at that time, which was all the Hammer stuff. But um, I still have a copy of the book. It is still one of my favorite books, and I would say that that is probably the reasoning that I am who I am.
0: (laughs) That's awesome, though. Uh, Ashes.
1: So, my first exposure to a Dracula-like character was at a very, very, very young age, surprisingly. Um, and I actually learned a lot from this Dracula-like character, as did a bunch of other kids, because it was the Count on Sesame Street.
3: Ah, oh, true. True. And deep cut right there. Damn. You
1: are uh, yeah. I think we're
3: all going to need to change our answers.
1: And then, yeah. Some, so sometimes when I drink, I'm like, one, one bottle of wine. Ah, ah, ah. Two, two bottles of wine. Uh, uh, uh. And um, she's not even
0: impersonating the count. That's just
1: how that's she sounds true, when she drinks. That's just drunk. an
0: amazing coincidence.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just it just happens. Um, but also, so obviously, you know the count from Sesame Street, I was a huge fan of the Muppets. I still am. And it kind of it, it's almost like a, a gateway. To horror because you're like, what is this character? And it's funny because you know, he's the Count and he counts, but then you kind of wonder, well, why does this Muppet look this way and what is he based off of? And again, um, you know, I used to sit there watching Sesame Street, eating Count Chocula, you know, and then also being, like I mentioned last week, being a fan of the Munsters at a young age. You know, Lily Monster's a vampire. Grandpa, and Grandpa Monster is definitely kind of like that classic Dracula-esque, you know, older uh, and and funnier, but you know that that classic Dracula look to him. The character's um,
3: name is actually Sam Dracula. Really? They only call him Grandpa, but it, it's it, it's revealed in a couple of episodes. But yeah, he's Sam Dracula. I
1: don't. I must not have like paid attention enough. I just. Grandpa. I didn't know it at the time His either. Grandpa. Out of
3: curiosity,
5: did anybody else see the uh thirteen thirteen Mockingbird Lane like no. the Brian Singer no. like attempt at doing a new series? No. Oh I remember oh. it oh. I remember oh, yes. seeing the commercials yes. for it. First of all, it was wonderful. And I don't mm. I it makes me so mad that Jerry O'Connell did, was Herman. Herman, right? Yeah. And uh Portia. DeRossi. Portia DeRossi, DeRossi. She was Lily and um Eddie Izzard was Grandpa Munster. Oh right, yeah, yes. Yes. And, yes. yeah. And but my favorite part in it was um he would go he'd be like, Call me D and it he, like everything had like a very like decorative Dracula D on it. Mm-hmm. And he was very, very, you know, uh f- much like the Ford Coppola Dracula, you know, like the like the way that he portrayed it. It was so like, awesome.
0: Flamboyantly vampiristic. Yes. Well, that's Eddie. You get Eddie users. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 Um, I think for me, again, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pick something that's not what you guys said. I mean, yeah, obviously the Count, because I watch Sesame Street all the time. Um, the Monster Squad I must have seen four or five hundred times when I was a kid. Like, it's probably the Monster Squad. Although, I do remember... Seeing, like, you know, the the Saturday afternoon, like, they would have, like, B-horror movies. I'm sure, like, I know I watched a Frankenstein one. I'm sure I've seen a Dracula one. You know, the Abbott and Costello stuff, you know, we watched those all the time. Wasn't
3: like a good Dracula. It was like, you know, John Carradine with a mustache.
0: Yeah, it was It was not like, you know, it was like, you know, oh, we found this guy at the, the, the car wash, uh, and he's Dracula today. You know, <laughs> like... You know, one of those movies what are, where what it's, are you talking about? Now? Where it's like three different actors play him because, like, it's like, oh, sorry, I couldn't get you know paroled, you know, or that's not even a thing. You're just no, it's not a now. thing. But like, it's that type of that that <laughs> yep. type of movie where it's like, yeah. you know, it's
4: that low budget because <laughs> it was those like like
1: after school special
4: budget lower than that. Wow. Okay. No, I know this budget. I'm familiar with this budget. Um. I know of a movie that was filmed where, like, they had a guy with a wig doing stand-in for like a hundred-pound girl, um, and didn't even remotely have like the same shape or anything. It was a zombie movie, didn't of course. Shave his beard. Yeah, we're talking like D-grade zombie flick here. Like, not even not even B-grade, like D-grade.
0: So not quite, I, I, not quite as good as the movie the kids were making it in Super Eight. It's
3: uh, It's, yep. it's kind of like when, um, in Plan Nine from Outer Space, when Ed Wood's dentist fills in for Bella Lugosi after he dies. Yes, and they're like, oh yeah, he's a foot taller and weighs hundred pounds more, but just uh, just uh, lift your cape over your face; and it looks exactly the same. It was his
5: girlfriend's chiropractor.
3: Chiropractor, okay. uh, yeah. dentist. Yes. It, dentist sounded funnier to me at the time. His chiropractor is pretty funny. It
0: was right. his IT guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was his wife's cousin's sister's former roommate. What does that make us? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> oh, we're going to go down that rabbit hole again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mel Brooks
5: was strong with us. Are we going to talk about Dracula Dead and loving it?
0: Uh, we're going to yeah, we're going to touch on a lot of Dracula stuff because Dracula is one of those characters that Wrench there's really now. no like Frankenstein there's really no wrong interpretation because there have been so many different visions and because there was never there are some wrong interpretations <gasps> well, of Dracula. <laughs> the way I look at it is you know with with Frankenstein like we talked about last week there's a lot of different ways that that character was interpreted interpreted based on his description in the original source material. Yes. So I think with the Dracula character um there are a lot of creative liberties that can be taken. I mean, you want to talk Vampire in Brooklyn? Um, I don't, but I'm just throwing no. that out I've there. defended
3: Vampire in Brooklyn on two podcasts. I don't need to do it on a third one.
0: Yeah, no, that's then that's fine. But what I'm saying is I like, there's, just... <laughs> there's a lot of interesting ways you can look at this character if you don't want to keep doing it the same way over and over again is kind of what I'm... Trying to get it, and at after uh, let's see, that was written in eighteen ninety seven. So yeah, one hundred and twenty years of the same character. You kind of need to get a new take. I, I'm not saying you need to make him sparkle in the sunlight, but mm-hmm. uh,
5: hashtag Team Edward. Hashtag Team. Can, can we all move on? Like, I mean, really? Like, I, I, I'm 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 on all these like Universal Monster forms and these old dudes still are like harping on that. I'm like. Those, I mean, how it's been ten years well, since no, those I, movies came out. Let's let's move along with our lives. It's, it's <laughs> like being still, well, I'm just still saying, being if you're pissed going that
3: to... Roger Moore is going to be the new Bond.
0: <laughs> if you're if you're going to give him a trait, like give him something interesting, like I like I will say that with uh, the Twilight series, I enjoyed the various psychic abilities that some of the characters had. That's an interesting take. I like that because it's something different. I mean, we didn't even have charismatic vampires until 1819 when John Polidori, I had to look this up because I didn't know it, wrote The Vampire, and it kind of presented him the same way that uh, Bram Stoker presented Dracula as in, you know, this uh, mysterious foreigner. Yeah, aristocratic, you know, wealthy type of you know high society you know and I think you know when you think of that type of character you know I think they heavily modeled Hannibal Lecter after that type of you know high society like this terrifying but also civilized gentleman type you know role so what I I, I have to ask um, because we asked you know our first experience with this character and like I said there's been Tons of them. What is your favorite Dracula or your favorite vampire? Maria, we'll start with you.
4: Oh, the brutality of that question. It's so... Uh, so, I, I think that even though I've got... There's something legendary about El Lugosi's... That strut down the stairs is is kind of presentation, and so there's there's like that that connection there that kind of just was like the first the first seeing of him brought to life in a sense brought to death brought to life. <laughs> um, but it's Fright Night for me. Chris Sarandon is he he really is like one of my favorite uh, favorite actors.
3: Jerry Dandridge I, that's the key. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I love Jerry.
4: He's he he modernized. Uh, so for for my age, I mean, maybe maybe not my age, but like let's assume that I was like five years older, like I should have been probably. Um, he was he was Dracula at that age. Like he he had the. It's funny. I'm looking at like because I was just you know jotting down notes as I'm like looking over like my my, my movie collection and. And I was like, you know, aristocratic is like the perfect word. You know, it's, it's, and Sarandon really did that in Fright Night. They they really, they wrote his character into that charming, hypnotic, um, you know, character that that really, that really Dracula is. And I, I think that it's one of the cheesiest, but most accurate portrayals of Dracula in in the modern sense.
0: You definitely get 80s douche from that character, but, like, that's... He
3: is just smooth as hell, though. Just smooth as hell. I mean, every single mom on the street better watch out, okay? Because Jerry Dandridge just moved in, and he eats apples. That's true. He eats a lot of
1: apples.
3: <laughs>
0: All right, Steve, what's your pick? It's Lugosi.
3: I mean, I, I, I can't, you know, whatever. I, you, know, you know what, You know what though? Honestly, I love about the Lugosi performance. So... I assume most of us have read the book here. Maria, you said you read it at a very early age, right? So you're probably yeah, you're I probably read, it the, read it the most.
4: Um, I actually i I just cycled through books. I wasn't as big a fan of the book because the first time I read it, the second time I read it, I was about twelve. Uh, my mom had like a huge library, so I didn't ever have to to read anything twice at a young age. Nice. Um, yeah. It was solid
3: i um it's it's a very interesting book. It's put together strangely, like you know for those who haven't read it it's it's uh there's no straight narrative in the book at all it's It's all written uh, letters, journal entries, um, dictation stuff it, it's all personal thoughts that people are writing putting to paper um, there's no straight na- narration at all. Dracula as a character. Is really only a character in the first 40 pages, which is the the section where Jonathan Harker goes and he, you know, uh, he's supposed to have Dracula sign these papers and he's going to purchase Carfax Abbey back in London. And he gets, you know, slowly pulled into this web of, of danger and their brides and their spiders and there's weird climbing down the walls and stuff. But, like, you know, Essentially, that's the only time that Dracula has any lines at all. Just in the first 40 pages. The rest of that book, he's just relegated to like, he's sort of a background MacGuffin. He's sort of like a, an earthquake or a force of nature. that's just sort of driving the story, but he's no longer a character. He, you almost never even see him. He's rarely in the rest of the book. So in that first, se- that first section, Dracula is also an old guy. He's like a creepy old guy. Uh, with like a weird porn stash, and I think he drives a white rape van too. I think they say I'm not. I'm not quite sure about that part. Like a Gary old yeah, man, I, I, I think a Gary old man. <laughs> um, but in the Legosi performance, right in in the Todd Browning movie, he gets a number of other scenes where he gets to actually exist as a character. Um, he he has all the stuff at the beginning, and of course they swap out Jonathan Harker for Renfield in that one. And uh, he has all that. He also has like the, the famous scene where he's walking down the streets of London and he's wearing a top hat and he kills just a prostitute on the street. And then he does the I just killed a prostitute and drank all her blood strut, which is like as you do, of, as you do. It's one of the coolest things he gets to do. And then he goes to the opera. He introduces himself to, you know, you get to meet a bunch of the characters and and. You know, he has a couple of other scenes where you know, oh, he, they they really strive to have this rivalry between him and Van Helsing. Where in the book, they, I don't think they ever meet. I don't think they ever have a scene together in the book. I don't believe. Um, but in the movie, they really they're like, okay, Van Helsing's our guy. They cut out a bunch of the characters for the for the Lugosi movie, and there's this like team of vampire killers that. That ends up being like a big deal and they take like the whole last third of the book just them and they're just that doesn't happen so they're like okay well we're gonna do we're gonna do van helsing and he's gonna be the one that kills dracula in the end so we're gonna build up their relationship and they get two key scenes um together and lugosi gets to say his lines and and Edward Van Sloan, as Van Helsing, gets to say some lines and they have a rapport. And it's like the, the first one is when he's still Dracula's still trying to be this, you know, oh, I, I'm just a Transylvanian Lord. I'm, I'm just a guy I'm like just you. Some I put guy my who cloak likes on one um, I don't know. What, how do you <laughs> put a, a cloak? You just wrap it around. I screwed it all up anyway. Um, and, and then Van Helsing sort of figures it out and he tests him with the mirror. And he says, oh, look into this Look into this box. And Dracula's like, oh, what's in the box? I'm super interested. What's and in the he, box? Yeah, and he opens <laughs> up and it's like,
2: Gwyneth Paltrow's head?
3: Yeah. You know, he had no idea. No, it's a mirror. And, and he's pissed and he slaps it out of his hand. And he's like super pissed because he knows he that, that Van Helsing knows. And so anyway, I think that for those extra scenes and the, the care that was put into actually making him stay a character for the most of the movie I really got to say not that it's the best Dracula movie per se. It's certainly not my favorite of the universal cycle, uh, or anything, but like, I don't know. There's something about that performance and there's something about the way like even, I mean in the, in the Coppola film, they gave him a lot of extra scenes too. Cause that's what people are there to see. Right. But most other Dracula films, they don't bother. Uh, Christopher Lee, if you want to talk Hammer, same thing as the book. Um, I mean, they changed a lot, but his role is very similar. He ha- has pretty much just the opening scene. He has a couple lines. The rest of the movie doesn't have a single line. So, anyway. I'd say. Yes, yeah, was...
1: So, a couple of things. Um, there's something about the original. Uh, you just touched based on it. Bella Lugosi. There's something about that scene where he's on the top of the stairs and his eyes. There's just something about his eyes and they bring that up quite frequently in the movie that just that shot yeah, of it just becomes his a motif, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just there, there's something so hypnotic, hypnotic, yes, and and serene. About that And look, that followed
3: some... Legosi around in almost every movie he made after that. Just oh, about really? all the big roles he had. <laughs> That's his they, blue steel. That is and his that blue is. steel. <laughs> they, you know, White Zombie <laughs> and, and like uh, Murders in the room War, Like there were always scenes where they would go tight on his eyes, and it's all from that. It's all Ted Brown, uh, Todd Browning.
1: Um. So there, there's something always about the original, you know, and and. His portrayal of Dracula is the classic. Like when you think Dracula, that's what you think of. Um, vampire wise, uh, some of my favorite vampire portrayals actually happened in the movie What We Do in the Shadows. Fair enough. Which I mean, it just they they go through several different vampire tropes. Each main character follows a different period of the vampire genre you have peter you know, peter i brought you a chicken um is like the classic nosferatu <laughs> uh you know taika watiti's character is like that classic romantic listat yeah you have you know uh vlad who's vlad the poker who's obviously you know vlad the impaler um you have – what? why am I forgetting his name? can never
3: remember. Deacon. The, Deacon. Deacon.
1: Oh, Deacon. I was going to
0: say Nick. That was way off.
1: No, well, Nick's the other – Nick Nick's is Nick's the new guy. Nick's, Nick's the, new the new guy. Nick's the new guy. Okay. Nick is like the cool, like, Twilight vampire diaries. Like, vampire. Like, I'm young and I'm a vampire. Bragging to everybody that but he's a vampire. But I'm going to relate to you. Um,
0: so, Bragging to everyone that he's a vampire. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, and then we're, we're werewolves, not swearwolves, but we'll get into that a different episode. Um, but I just, I love how it parodies the different, but you see the different tropes and it parodies the different characters. Um, so I just, I kind of needed to, to shout out to, to that as far as vampires go. But as far as Dracula itself, I love Gary Oldman's portrayal. I love yeah, it. it's one. I mean, oh my god, the scene, Dreamboat, right when he's walking through the streets and he's all dressed in gray and he has those little blue glasses on, the John Lennon's. Yes, and just like the the clothed hair, there's just something so magnetic about it. And I was very. And you young. meet him, and he's like,
3: "Oh, I'm a, I'm royalty, by the way. I don't know if you knew that." <laughs>
1: I was very young when I saw that movie, maybe a little too young, but uh, boy, did I grow!
0: <laughs>
3: how many? How many,
1: how,
2: many yeah. how many people?
0: How many? Uh, how many people have you not. drained blood from? <laughs> Everyone.
1: <laughs> but it's just—it was, and, you know. In my opinion, it's just uh, you know, straying from the Bella Lugosi portrayal. It was just different and cool. And very theatrical at the same time, and I really enjoyed it. He was my first.
0: Oh, sorry.
4: (laughs) Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say he was my first creepy, sexy crush.
1: Okay, yeah, I can see that.
4: Yeah, you and
5: millions and millions and millions of other people.
3: My my first creepy, sexy, dirty crush was uh, Patsy. Actually, well, that's fair. I am pretty creepy. Yeah,
5: everything about that's real creepy. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree. And
5: the <laughs> So, I mean, there's no denying the icon that Bela Lugosi is. Um, it is what everybody as- associates with Dracula. Yet again, you know? yeah, it's that this is the this is now the standard. But as far as people, you know, portraying Dracula. The character of Dracula. I am a huge fan of all the Har- the Hammer Dracula movies. Uh, I love Christopher Lee as Dracula especially when he kind of reclaimed it a little bit when he did uh, Jess Franco's Count Dracula which is where he tried to do like the most accurate repre- um, adaptation of the book which is difficult to do anyways but uh, it's really kind of a, just a cool movie. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula is by far one of my favorites um, because I, I love Gary Oldman. Like and it's everything. He it's does. pretty accurate. Yes, it's it is. It's, it's it's pretty accurate. I actually really like the way that they tied it into the the, the history of um, Vlad Tepish uh, and really kind of brought that back around. But as far as vampires, period, you know, it's always that that's there's so many good ones out there. But I really, really love Near Dark.
3: OK, Bill Paxton movie.
5: Oh, yeah. See, it gets glossed over by the Lost Boys uh, because they came out on the exact same day.
3: I, I actually really like Vamp Vamp. Yeah, it's starring Grace uh, Jones. Grace Jones yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Vamp's a good one.
0: See, mine, I thought you Once were... Once
5: Bitten, that's your favorite?
0: No, starring I... Starring th- Jim Carrey? I thought you were going to take mine, actually. Um, and my favorite, because it's the one I've seen probably more than anything else, is Duncan Regear from The Monster Squad.
5: Yeah, he's real good. He's real good. Yeah, he has, like, he has
3: no lips though. It's really creep. Creeps me out every time. But like, he's where, supposed to be. Where scary. does he have lip? Where? Where? Where'd your lips go, man?
1: Like I love... like him and
3: him and Robin Williams. <laughs> they sold their lips. His. They have his no real lips. weird
5: hang up you got there, buddy. Where'd, you, where'd your it's lips weird. go? weird. <laughs> his, his. I'm just portrayal. saying he's a person.
0: He should have lips. Like I loved all like the little like jokes that he made like. You stay here and change into something more comfortable while I go have a bite. Like that's fucking awesome. And he's talking to the Wolfman, like in human
5: form. Yeah, he was very, very snarky, and I and but he was actually very intimidating too, which is something that you don't usually see when somebody is dressed in a Dracula Tape. costume yeah. like that. Um, oh, how could we forget Count Floyd though?
1: Ooh.
2: Does about anybody I... know who Count Floyd? Is? No.
5: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm trying. Like I. Uh, so it was SCTV okay. the old uh, comedy show uh, there was a uh, broadcaster he was the sports announcer but his, his name was Floyd but in the evenings he was like, the horror host and he was Count Floyd
0: hmm. and it was just
5: like it was like a very oh. subtle joke but I mean it's
1: that's brilliant Yeah,
0: I was gonna just point out my favorite thing from the Monster Squad that, that Dracula does is when he I mean, I love the fact that he lights the dynamite by looking at it, first of all, you know, in the in that one scene. But when he takes the dynamite and throws it into the clubhouse and walks away as it explodes and just goes, meeting adjourned. <laughs> like... That's a fucking epic line. He's a good it's, bad guy. I, I just really watched this is.
3: recently with, with my daughter, and, uh, you know, she, she hadn't seen it before. She's mine. She's and I, I did not remember that him wielding dynamite. And I was just like, holy shit, watch out, vampire with dynamite. And that's just a combination you don't usually see.
5: I I, I was obsessed with his cane. Yeah. Uh, in that movie. When with was the kid? electrodes yeah, that come yeah, out, well, the ears. Yeah. Like Th- that it, was I, cool. I was so into that when I was a kid. I don't know why specifically. Oh, that's a badass cane. Yeah, uh, but no, that is like a a phenomenal like.
0: It really and it it kind of elevates him, you know, because he's e- easily of all the 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 creatures that Universal put out. He's, you know, they elevate him to be the leader, which seems like a natural step for him. Like, okay. We have one night to shift the balance between good and evil. I'm going to assemble my team. You're all going to answer to me. And they all pretty much do because they don't have any other choice because he's he's smart. He's he's cunning. He's intimidating. And he he has
3: sex appeal. He's the only one. You know, the Wolfman, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Wolfman does have nards. Well, he does, but they all presumably do as well for to be fair yeah yeah he's the only one with with his own right mind but also yes he's the only
0: he's the only sexy one he's the sexy beast yeah and he's he's just so good like he is probably the best part of that movie like there's a lot of memorable parts of that movie but he's usually involved in those in those scenes he I thinks. really like the creature from the Black Lagoon in that particular movie. Creature took my yeah. Creature took my
3: twinkie. I actually like the mummy. The mummy oh, is the, in, great. In that, in the, that. the mummy. The mummy is
5: such an awesome design. So simple. The creature is a great reimagining yeah. of mm-hmm. the creature. I love which, it. Which I mean, you got to think about like what they would do now and mm-hmm. how horrible it probably will be. Um, they need to get the right people. We've had involved. so
3: many fish people at this point. I mean, they're all. It'll be Doug, Doug jo- Jones. It's gonna be
0: Doug Jones. Like he, has... he definitely has nards. Yeah, um, as we learned. Yeah, we did. We did fish
5: nards. Fish nards. Hit, get that fish stick going. <laughs> you know <what> I mean?
3: <laughs> Do you like fish sticks? <laughs> you said. I'm sorry. Are you guys saying fish
0: dicks or sticks? <laughs> um, South Park reference. <laughs> Um, ask Kanye West. I'll
3: what? call him later.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean,
5: vampires abound everywhere. There's great ones and there's really terrible ones, as
3: we have heard discussed. Gerard Butler as Judas Iscariot oh. when he when he killed Omar oh, Epps. Man. Oh man. Was... Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was Dracula 2000. I only recently saw that one. Yeah. Oh, you know
3: who's in that? Johnny Lee Miller.
0: That's true. He is. But one of the things I was going to say, and Ashes and I were talking about this when we watched it recently, like the original, the 31, is the character of Dracula has changed as the film industry and technology has changed. Because you see Lugosi, and he's like, oh, this guy knows I'm a vampire. Well, I'll see you later. I'm leaving. Like... As opposed to slaughtering everyone in the room, which is what you would expect based on what, you know, today's type of vampires are. Like, they're super fast. They're super strong. They're essentially all superheroes, you know. And I think that's kind of where the rivalry between werewolves and vampires came from. Because it's like, okay, what can we kind of do? What would be unequal? To, like, a mummy? Like, I mean recent adaptations aside, like, I don't, I, exp- I put mummies in the same category as, like, skeletons or zombies. Or
3: the it conquers the world, it.
0: Well, no, I just mean, like, slow, shambling. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's, it, it becomes this whole
5: thing where nowadays there's no room for slow threats. Right. Everything has to be fast. Everything has to be, like, an immediate threat. There has to be
0: a big action scene. Yeah,
5: and I mean, it's not that that's wrong. I mean, they obviously the limitations of the filmmaking back then and the storytelling, like people's, you know, they were a little bit more restrained. Yeah. Uh, but I don't feel like that's necessarily a terrible thing. And, and funny that you say, you know, basically all superheroes. And I think well, actually one of my favorites was Dracula untold, which was essentially a superhero origin story. That's the for Dracula. Luke <laughs> Evans one. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I love the first half of that.
5: I liked the whole thing. I haven't I seen it. I actually really, really loved the ending that led into a modern-day version of the Dracula story. But we didn't get to see any
3: of it. It was it was just too much, like, big CG fighting. I felt like it was a worse oh, version of... Oh, it was of, silly as shit. Yeah, I mean, worse version of the first scene in Lord of the Rings. I don't know. The first, I love the Which he was in.
5: Thing. No, he's in The Hobbit.
0: Well, it's all lumped together.
3: But Charles Dance was the... Uh, tywin lannister yeah he was the evil vampire that turns he was dracula, caligula. Into dracula. oh
0: in that movie yes he's caligula
3: oh. <laughs> wow
0: no Mar- so, i was gonna say maria we haven't heard from you for a bit let's uh you i know no, you have I was, some thoughts
4: i always have lots of thoughts <laughs> not necessarily good ones but fun um no, I. It was interesting you brought up the uh, the change in in times and technology and and what have you. I I don't think it's just technology and times. I think it's it, it's full on societal differences and what's going on in the political landscape because art always reflects what's going on, whether we like it or not. Um, you know, people people tend to write what they know, and they tend to. Uh, they tend to imagine things and sort of sort of make them bigger. And so, you know, at one point we weren't uh, we weren't exposed to. We we knew that wars were going on. We knew that different things were going on, but we didn't see them on a regular basis. Uh, as you as you move forward in time, we get to see more and more. And I've noticed that film parallels our exposure, um, in that. It, it's like the higher tolerance we get for everyday violence, the harder the film industry pushes. They're like, well, crap, we can't top that because, like, look, those buildings just got blew up with, you know, people all through them. We got to it, – it's it's almost like as a society we are becoming um, – what's the word I'm looking for here?
0: Like desensitized, like to the spectacle. Yeah, we
4: are – we, we are, and it's that's just it, because we see it on a regular basis. Um, and factually, attention spans have gone down uh, significantly. Uh, you can see that in studies where people are... Uh, for example, uh, YouTube is... It has the most... Uh, if you're looking to get a message or anything out there, advertising, um, if you want to do an article, anything it has the most people want to be entertained. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: And so that, you know, that, that's a real thing. Uh, articles, there's a big push in the media about how people will do, you know, they, they throw out those really, um, sensationalist titles and what have you,
0: you won't believe what happened next,
4: but factually, People, But people don't click on them if you don't do it. So right. it, it's, it's funny because it's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And so I noticed that film is, again, like mirroring that. It's like, okay, so this is what's going on in the real world. Well, Jesus, you can't make that up. Like you cannot make up multiple like sexual assault allegations and a guy still standing a chance at, you know. Yeah, becoming being Supreme a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, but like, you can't make that shit up. Well, crap, what are we going to, you know, like, they've got a lot to compete with because we, we do live in crazy times.
1: Right. And we're very inundated with media. At any one given point, there are so many movies in the movie theaters And, you know, so people are, are, you know, uh, production companies are looking for the next biggest thing, and they know that people like vampires. They like vampire movies, which is why they're kind of looking for the next incarnation of what a vampire is. Well, one thing I love about these classic universal monster movies is the fact that, you know, they came out, like, Dracula came out in 1931. This was back in a time where there was only one or two Movies in the movie theater, like There's going no to the TV. going to the movies was a, a big event. You got dressed up, you know. You paid your money. You wanted to be entertained. So like your
0: these newsreels,
1: theaters were, you know, like a curtain would open and you know present the screen. So it it was a different time. So you know, and not only that, a lot of times these people. So in 1931, we were uh, World War Two had just no nope. it was, no it was no. In between, is there, I thought no, I thought thirty-one World War Two. No, World War just... World
3: War Two is like forty-one.
0: Yeah, World like two. that's what we got involved in forty-one, and okay. that is the end of forty-one.
1: Well, anyways, people were looking for escapes from their lives and th- seeing these like fantastic- well, the, the Great
3: Depression. Like, yeah, that's thirty-two. That, yeah, so that's like right in there.
1: Seeing these um, fantastical characters, these unbelievable characters. You know, at the, people... This is shocking. Like, you know, the reveal of Dracula. That's so shocking. Um, you know, and and last well, week we talked yeah, was about say, Frankenstein. The warning you know, in front of Frankenstein. The, like, that's nothing The scene now. where, you know, Frankenstein, you know, uh, the monster gets lifted up and it's all, you know, um, lightning and everything. And, and the monster comes to life. Like, how shocking and scary
0: quite literally that, shocking
1: yeah there's that you know how scary that must have been for the audience who has never seen something like this i mean before. he accidentally
3: drowns a, a little girl right that's
0: yeah. like crazy yeah you see and you see him, the the father walking through the street with with, with the, the drowned girl, girl. And i mean
1: with dracula you see him
0: Kind of
3: creeping on people. Yeah,
1: like creep on people and kill them in the street. So it's
3: actually really interesting because, you know, that is one of the things they pull back on with that. So you see him approaching. You always see him approaching. But in that movie, a Lugosi does not have fangs. He never bites. And you never see him bite anybody. He gets really close and then they always uh, fade away. Or or there's one shot where I think it's I think it's Lucy. He gets really, really close. And then he there's some there's a piece of set decoration he yeah there's just something it, it. it's like so when he kills a prostitute
0: it. like right he kind of like lifts his cloak up and yeah, he's or like he'll lift up on the, the side of it you you hear her scream yeah so the implication is there but there's never any on screen yeah, never actually see yeah the, the vampires kid. it's just in you know implied that this is what happens it's just too
3: horrific for the time they couldn't handle it man sam you got something Crazy. to say well one of the things
5: that uh I feel like should be discussed because we keep talking about the political climate and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there was actually a study done about the types of horror movies that were popular during different types of administration. Now, vampire films tend to be a lot more popular when there is a great deal of fear of foreigners. Mm -hmm. So vampire films always come out around those times when it's a, um, more liberal, uh, administration it tends to be zombie films because it's this conformity kind of a thing. Uh which I found to be ultimately very fascinating. But in general you can see these swells in, in uh in horror in the horror genre in general uh over history when there is like an extreme uh you know unrest uh amongst the people. So and I think we're getting a huge one right now, you know, I mean we're yes. getting a lot of stuff this year. Hellfest, and, yeah. The, you know, the Rob well, there was Hellfest. There was a new Purge, Strangers. There's been two Purge movies. There's a series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting uh,
0: Hereditary, yeah. The
5: Nun, oh, The Nun. That was the one I saw. Uh, yeah. And we got the new Halloween coming out. Yep. We even have I'd new movies for hours. kids. We have the new Goosebumps movie coming out. We had the House with the Clock, Clock and in the and Walls, twas, yep. and it's like. We're getting this like kind of new, you know, surge. And at it, what price, though? Really? And to
0: kind of touch on like what you were saying, um, you know, look at and you know our, our our good buddy El Goro brought this up on his show when he talked about Invasion of the Body Snatchers. When you look at the version from the fifties, that was during the Red Scare, so it was you know that type of you know loss of self. But then you look at the 1978 version, you know, there's a different political climate. There's different things going on. So that sort of changed around. And then you had the Invasion movie with Nicole Kidman, which takes place in, you know, uh, was it the late 90s, early 2000s? Oh, no, it was early 90s. Was it early 90s? See, I didn't see it, so I didn't.
4: Oh, my shit.
0: Sorry, (laughs) guys. You all right? (laughs)
4: So somebody just walked in the house, but I didn't know anybody was coming over. <laughs> but Surprise. there's a mirror by my there's a mirror by my my front door. So I uh, so all I saw was like a shadow move and like the edge of the door. <laughs> oh, How perfect is that? Well, that kind
0: uh, of, the, that kind of the segues into something I wanted to mention because I we're getting close. Uh, running out of time but uh what we see in you know and this is a big part of the mythology is that vampires do not cast a reflection and i think part of that uh mythology comes from the fact that what is a what is one of the weaknesses a vampire has silver many mirrors especially back in the time that these were these you know, myths and things were sort of... The mythology was kind of being created were made with silver. Mm-hmm. So the silver wouldn't reflect the vampire. So would a vampire now have a reflection where the mirror doesn't have silver in it? Mm-hmm. Or is that oh, just that's... inherently part of their abilities? They're all in now. No reflection. Can't go back yeah. now. No, no, and that's fine, but I mean, I think that's part of where that... well, they uh, That actually got brought up in uh, The
5: Strain
3: if you ever... I, I have not. I have not. Yeah, I haven't seen The Strain.
5: Not, well, not the show, but I, I actually, I don't even remember if they t- covered it in the show. In the book, he goes into detail about where the vampire myths come from, and I'm sitting there reading an it, and I'm like, oh, so that's where that comes from. And I'm like, no, this is all fictional, Sam. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're an idiot. But no, in it, he talks about how uh, the vampires would take refuge in caves uh, during the day, which would displace wolves. And bats and things like that, so people would believe that they turned into them. Um, and one of them, one of the things is the extreme sensitivity to silver. So he
0: talks about the mirrors and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I, and I think that's fascinating that there's you know it's like you know yeah this is a myth, but here's our little bit of fact. Because I mean, I was looking at some some stuff about vampire creation myths, and you know, there's a, a Slavic and Chinese belief that if a cat jumped over a corpse that's how a vampire was created or again you know talking about like the, you know touching on the, the political aspects of this type of uh you know mythology and 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 if you rebelled against the Russian Orthodox Church and then died you would become a vampire, so better stay in line and go to church and make sure you you 're tithing every month
5: well, I love some of the like the mythos that like the weird vampire scare moments where they were like, well we 'll dig up the body two days later, and if it looks fresh and it looks like it's it, uh, it was actually it had to do with uh, if they had a pinkish complexion yes. and some blood around the mouth, which was actually just part of the decomposing process. Uh, that they were a vampire, and at that point they would remove the head and cut out the heart, and then rebury them, you know. And then there was even ones uh, they would put uh, build cages in on the graves. Um, My favorite ones were the, when uh, travel to, you know, to that area, uh, like, the um, Hungarian area was becoming popular. There would be all these people be like, "Oh, you're going there? Well, you need a vampire kit." So they'd be selling them a box with you know some wooden stakes and a cross and holy water and all that kind of Gar- stuff. And, you know, garlic, yeah, garlic and all that. Yeah, and they'd be selling them to these stupid assholes who are who are like, "Oh, well, yeah,
4: I need that."
0: Oh, jeez, you know, I don't want to. get It's like we were talking about earlier, like how this pillow keeps monsters away. Yeah, Do you see any monsters? Oh,
4: so guys. Yes, I just want to take this time to point out that my ancestors were those assholes that were selling things to dumb people. Nice. I'm half Hungarian, and yeah, uh, you know, that was. Uh, I, I feel like it was like a rite of passage to screw over people too dumb to know any better. Yeah, well, there's a I, sucker I, born. Every I, I do.
5: I do have to point out that I was calling the people who bought it assholes, not not the people selling it. Those are yeah, are but, entrepreneurs.
4: I I feel like. The line between asshole and entrepreneur is really, really close. Sometimes the same one.
0: Yeah, but it's, you know,
4: it's... Opportunistic.
0: Yeah, like, if you're preying on someone's um, religious hysteria, I mean, that's not to say that the people who were selling them didn't believe the exact shit that they were peddling, like... Well, I never go anywhere without wearing my, you know, garland of garlic, you know, I never go anywhere without, you know, my crucifix, you know, my,
4: my I'm, I'm picturing an old school advertisement like this now. Like I I'd kind of need to see that.
0: Like John Ham pitching that to uh to the to John Flattery. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff we could go into um I think we've done a a pretty decent job as far as covering like the mythology and like, you know, getting into some of the different incarnations, you know, like I mentioned on last week's show, there's hundreds of years of mythology building back to, you know, Vlad the Impaler and like how he influenced Bram Stoker and, you know, it just, we can't touch on everything as much as I would like to, um, you know, Wolfie's been here for two weeks. He's he hasn't eaten. I mean we did we, we brought him some water, but you know, he he's gotta eat. Uh, you, you should know. probably
4: let him out too.
0: Yeah, he's he's been like kinda hopping back and forth. I mean we've got you know, Sam and Steve that we've kept here for two weeks. I mean we come and go as we please, but
4: they As long lock as he leaves a, leave a bucket. They yeah, but up they and, leave you a bucket, right?
3: It's a rusty bucket. You have to get really close. It's full of holes. It's like you don't want to touch it, so you just ha- c- kind of got to like squat over it, but it's in the corner. So it's really hard to keep bumping the corner with your ass, and it's like it's it's not easy. That's It's how dynamo, no, but tetanus.
4: What yeah. a first world problem.
3: I mean, that is literally <laughs> the bucket that he got tetanus from. It, the same tetanus is there. Yeah.
4: Well, then he should be happy to have it because it seems like he's got memories with it.
3: He does, you know. I just don't want it as my point, That's true.
0: So I think what we'll do is uh, we're going to wrap up this conversation, and then we're going to come back. We'll give you a preview of what's going on next week, uh, some thoughts and feelings that we'll have, and give you our new battle. And we have a new battle theme. So uh, I know Steve is especially excited to hear this. So we will be right back. Do you love a scary story?
6: Hey guys, this is James Thomas, director of Megalodon, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday.
1: Hello. This is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com.
2: And
0: we are back. You hear in the background It's a little uh, different from our normal uh, Yeah, it just got sexy Coming back from break If you are unfamiliar with this song This is actually a song called Shadowbrook Road By Teal That's Teal with three E's Of course, an homage to The Monster Squad Because that's where Dracula lived On Shadowbrook Lane Ah. Uh, This is off the album University Heights uh, Wolfie, you look like you have something to say.
2: I was just going to say he has a whole album called Amulet, which was based on Monster Squad.
0: He's uh, incredibly talented. Gotten a chance to meet him several times. Super, super talented guy. Uh, his cover of the Stranger Things theme, mm, on fantastic. Point. So uh, you can find his stuff on Bandcamp. Uh, I think right now his whole discography six albums is on sale for like 15 bucks the digital the digital download it's totally worth it like if you like this stuff that you're hearing you know he's got songs based on gremlins and back to the future and uh one of my favorites is the deadites not the dadites not the dadites but the deadites uh yeah check them out it's a lot of synth stuff uh this actually
3: is giving me a an echo with the dolphin Sega CD vibe right here
0: Anyone? Yeah. Anyone? Bueller. So we have some feedback. We do have some feedback. We have a uh, a voicemail from uh, our good buddy Riku. So uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, Whenever you are ready, Wolfie. Mm -hmm. All right.
6: Hey third on Thursday, it's Riku. So, you guys doing Dracula? Dracula is my favorite of the universe monsters because he's sexy, sinful, seductive, all those good descriptive, sexy words. And alliterative. And I wanted to bring up a couple yes. of points where he has been in alternate media. Uh, he is the main villain of the Castlevania video game series. He is also the main character of the Helsing anime series. Uh, Of course, Alucard is Dracula spelled backwards. Uh, That should be obvious, even though people are shocked sometimes to find that out. Um, Anyway, uh, he also is named in the Vampire Hunter D series as the father of the titular vampire hunter named D. Although it's kind of obvious with a name like D, who your dad is, but whatever. Uh, He's also immortalized in Dungeons Dungeons & Dragons as the vampire Strahd of the Ravenloft campaign setting. Because if you go back and look, his art for like 3.5 or 2nd edition is just Ghost Lugosi's Dracula. Anyway, have a good show. Bye.
3: Bye. So some deep cuts there. There was. Uh, I, I really appreciated the Castlevania reference, Riku. Hey, if I could just mention one more thing on that. There's a character who's in the book who's not in... Any other version I've seen except for the Coppola one where he's played by Billy Campbell, he's the only American character. His name's Quincy Morris. And in the, the... The cowboy. Yeah, the cowboy. Yeah. And, yeah, so there's one Castlevania game where they sort of, you know, in every Castlevania game, it's like a different member of the, the Belmont family mm-hmm. going to fight Dracula because Dracula just keeps reappearing over the ages or something. Well, on the, on the Sega Genesis... They got sick of the Belmonts. They're like, we're done with the Belmonts. We're going to have a different character. But what they did was they pulled Quincy Morris from Dracula. Because, you know, Dracula is the character we're going against. And it takes place in America. And they, they came up with a fictional son for Quincy Morris. And his name is John Morris. And he's actually one of the two playable characters you can be in Castlevania Bloodlines. Fantastic. I just thought that was kind of awesome. I always so,
0: love that. <clears throat> we do have a new battle wolfie um if you can cue up that theme we actually have a two-part battle this week so uh yep wolfie go right ahead That is a yeah. Uh, uh,
1: love it, dude! <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
0: Steve's band was uh, instrumental in getting that to us. In that they wrote it and played it. And uh, would you like to tell everyone the name of your band? Sure. Uh, my band is called
3: Enchanted Exile. We actually have a new album out called Bloodwork Scriptorium. It came out uh, last spring. It's available right now on Bandcamp, Google Play, and pretty much wherever digital music is sold
0: and or downloaded illegally. So we want to thank you for that battle theme. And uh, You're Ashes, welcome. Can you please it? has got a great us... beat. Oh yeah, it's it's good stuff. We've been we waited for Steve to be on the show to debut it. So.
3: Pretty cool. Thanks guys. Yeah, I, I was afraid I was it was coming along. Long. I was afraid no. it was too metal for you. No. No such
1: not. thing. No such thing. Nice. Okay. So we have a two part battle. First part tying in with our discussion today. It is the countdown. Get it? Who was the better Dracula? <laughs> Bella Lugosi, Christopher Lee, Duncan Rhaegar, or Gary Oldman? Our second part. Frankie's finest who was the better Frankenstein Boris Karloff Peter Boyle Fred Gwynn or Robert De Niro we already gave you our choices tell us yours hit us up on the Facebook poll hit us up on the Twitter poll let us know
0: Sam you look like
5: you were about to say something well what you with the Frankenstein when you're gonna leave out Legosi
0: Shaney, Strange. We just, we picked four.
5: We
1: had to pick, we, we just just we just went with
0: four. And those are the ones, you know, we talked about David those guys. David Prowse? David Prowse. Oh, Christopher Lee? Christopher Lee. So, we had to pick four. There's a lot. Aaron Eckhart? Yeah. I <laughs> <you know. laughs> so, um, want to thank you guys for joining us yet again. I know we're, we're running up against it. Uh, I want to thank you guys for coming back. And imparting knowledge on us um steve you know you're you're always welcome and sam we'd love to have you back and talk some more monsters hopefully we can you know maybe do like a two-part episode on on and get really in depth on something you know but we'd love to have you back you have a, a wealth of knowledge well thank you um i really enjoyed having you on here so thank you so much for coming in uh maria thank you so much for your contributions um You know, I kind of feel bad we didn't get to you as much as I would have liked to. uh, But you definitely brought a lot to the table. So
1: definitely need to have you back on to talk somebody else.
0: Yes. Yeah, because we need more vampires.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, Hal, there are so many great vampires. I mean, if if we could totally, totally, totally talk Fright Night.
3: I've heard some of the best Uh, vampires are from Africa. I don't know. That's. We, I mean, that's we did. I, I
1: know, and then we didn't even have a now, chance to now, touch now. base on, on. that. There's like
4: vampires. so much. Oh, come well, on. We no, were... I was really enjoying listening, so it was hard because there were parts, there were times that I wanted to contribute, and I was like, no, no, I just want to hear how this is going. Well,
0: uh, what Steve mentioned is uh, Steve is, uh, as he mentioned last week, a member of the New England Horror Writers, and you know, will be at Rock and Shock this weekend.
2: We'll and, all be
3: rockin' shocked this weekend, bitches. Except for Salem. I mean, who's except for, for the people Salem. who won't.
0: Um, I mean, obviously, I didn't mean the people that won't. Um, and Steve, your your two books, uh, if you could uh, summarize them real give quick. Give us a real quick. Synopsis. I know we're up <laughs> against it. Um, my two books are The Bone Eater
3: King and Marrow Dust. They are two adult horror novels that um, deal with vampires in a scary situation. And they take place in Africa. Uh, All the characters are African. It's not like a stranger in a strange land sort of deal. The characters are where they belong. There's just been a vampire apocalypse. This is about 20 years later where there isn't actually that much living anymore. All the vampires have been so successful in spreading and everything that pretty much all that's left are the really big toothed things like lions and... And jackals and hyenas and yes oh my. vampires and uh that's about it. So it's it's pretty much uh a world of predators,
0: which is what I, I call the series Predator World. Yes. So So we wanted to make sure we plugged that because we talked about a bunch of different vampires. Um, I think is that is that it we what do you got? Anything else? Available on Amazon. And, yeah. and
3: Rock and Shock. Oh, and Rock and Shock. And uh, also, if you're up in Dover, New Hampshire, please hit up a free Thinker's Corner, which is an awesome new bookstore for local artists and artisans and all such things. I
1: and think. we will be posting links to uh, Outright Geekery and all of Steve's work and Monsters, Monsters Are, are good. good onto the Facebook page. We're just going to um, keep that up there Instagram. from last week. Cause that's good stuff. And on Twitter. So definitely be on the lookout for that. And
0: we'll keep you up to date on other appearances that uh, we and Steve and Sam will be making because they take their wares and they travel about. So we
1: have a bunch of crazy stuff coming up. Like we said, we're going to be at Rock and Shock this weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Come buy me a birthday drink.
0: Yeah, our birthday is uh, Wednesday of next week. Yeah. Mm. So. Uh, I think with that being said, we will will see see you you next Thursday.
4: Thursday.